that's being a leader. That's showing showing toughness. And I think toughness, you know, a lot of times is defined in, in the culture that you build with a team and a program. And, and we're building, right? We're building a program right now is never give in. This is the Sean Miller Podcast, presented by Deer Park Roofing. Now, here's your hosts, Paul Fritchner and Adam Baum, with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. Welcome into a special edition of the Sean Miller Podcast after the Musketeers beat Cincinnati in the Crosstown Shootout. On Saturday night at the Cintas Center, it is the fifth straight time that Xavier has won the Crosstown Shootout. They've won six of seven. And as it relates to this one this year, that is the 10th straight time that Xavier has won this game. They hand in Cincinnati their first loss of the season. Paul Fritchner, Adam Baum, and the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. As always, this podcast is presented by Deer Park Roofing. We thank all of our sponsors for helping make this show possible. And coach, what a performance tonight from the Musketeers after losing three straight games at home to have a response like this. You're wondering, is it going to be the Delaware team that shows up or is it going to be the Houston team that shows up? Now, I know they were both losses, but there was a whole lot more fight and tenacity in that Houston game than there was in the Delaware game. And it was that team that showed up, that Houston type, that toughness that showed up tonight, responded in a big way. And, uh, you know, Quincy Oliveri, we talked about needing a leader on this team after the game uh, against Delaware. He steps up for 27 points, hits six shots from the field, all six from three. I just want to open up the floor and, and ask you what this game and this win means to you and to this team right now. Well, it means a lot. Uh, it really does. And in the Crosstown shootout in general means a lot. Whether you win, whether you lose, you have to take it for what it is. But it, it's unlike any game that I've ever been a part of. You know, I feel like at this point in life, I've seen a lot of different games, the big games, conference championship games, conference tournament championship games, regional final games. But the Crosstown Shootout has its own category because of the, the deep meaning in this city. And uh, I think you have to embrace it. And uh, you're not going to win every one. But you certainly got to try to win everyone. And, uh, and so I'm thrilled that we were able to give our fans a big win. And most importantly, for our, for our players and our team. You know, you mentioned, Paul, we had lost three in a row at home. And that even doesn't sound right. But part of what we're going through as a team is the totality of 10 new players, six of them being freshmen, playing four of them, three international players, not any of them, of the international players were here this summer. And summer is huge, especially in the transition from somewhere else to our program. Losing Zach, losing Jerome, there's a lot that you can just constantly bring up that gives us the excuse of why we're not further ahead. But we know our circumstances, uh, and I think we've embraced where we're at. We've also played a very difficult schedule. When you look at the teams that we've played at Purdue, St. Mary's, who tonight won at Colorado State. Washington. Both of those games are played in Las Vegas. You know, playing Houston at home. Playing UC. We've played some tough games. And by the way, Delaware and Oakland, they're good teams, especially at their level. So when you play in that competition, you have some of the things that we're dealing with. This is not an easy time for us. Regardless of whether we win or lose, our best days are in front of us. And it's up to me, it's up to our staff, and really it's up to all of us that are a part of this year's team to never lose sight of that. Eventually, 
when we become the best version of our team this year, it's going to happen beyond Christmas. We just have to get there. And I thought this week, under some challenging circumstances, we had some of our best days in between games. Player meetings, coach-player meeting, coach-coach meeting, <laughs> and good practices, smart practices and preparation that at least allowed us to come into tonight's game and be the best that we could be. And I really felt that regardless of what happened in tonight's game, this was the best that we can be at this point. On Tuesday night, Quincy Oliveri was in his post-game press conference, and he was basically asked what your message to the team was after the Delaware loss. And he said that you told them that we're a leaderless group. And he took a lot of that responsibility on himself to say, I need to be better at this. Davion needs to be better at this. Abu needs to be better at this. And we saw that tonight, like, I think sometimes you maybe wish that you could treat this like just any other game, but you're coming off the heels of questioning the leadership of your team. How do you get them ready for this and see that response from them in short order? Well, one of the things that I know we have to do an even better job of as a coaching staff and me as the head coach, you forget players don't really know a coach know a coaching staff, even though the university they're at. Think about your freshman year. When did it really start to feel comfortable that this is where you go to school, this is where you live, this is the class you're in? Probably didn't even happen in the first semester. Yeah, I was an idiot all four years. <laughs> <laughs> it might happen, you know, in the spring. It might happen in the summer between your freshman and sophomore years. So just because, let's use Quincy as the example, he graduated from Rice and he's a little bit older and more experienced, he doesn't have the experience here at Xavier. Ditto for Davion McKnight. And I really felt in the Delaware game and like building through the last couple of weeks that I'm not sure those guys truly felt that I believed in them. You know, before you can lead, you have to know that you have the coach and the coaching staff's permission to lead that the coach really believes in you as a leader and it's okay to step forward. I thought we really did a lot of work this past week in making sure that Davion and Quincy, Des, who's a more familiar but in a much bigger role, and in, in Abu as well, that just because you weren't here last year doesn't mean you have to wait your turn. On, on our team, that group of leadership, that group of four, Abu, Quincy, Davion, and Des, they're the leadership group of our team. I made sure, and I think we all made sure that they knew that that's what was expected. And with that comes during the game, at halftime, leading by example, setting the tone in practice, speaking up, sometimes saying, saying something to a younger player that that younger player may have never heard from a teammate. He usually hears it from a coach. But we, we were much different as we approached this game on the heels of the lessons we've learned in that really key area. I thought Davion McKnight was the true leader of our team in tonight's game. But I felt that I did a better job of giving him permission to do that, to not take him out as much to really let him be who he is. I talked to him a lot about take the open three and live with it. And sure enough, tonight, like 
he's a better shooter than he's shown, it's almost like he's wondering, should I take the shot or not? Does coach really mean it when he says that? I thought he came in tonight's game saying, no, 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 he means it. <laughs> and when I'm open, I'm going to shoot it and live with the consequences. But he made us a much better team on offense by being that type of player. But his defense, his talk, he communicated better. And obviously Quincy's performance, if he didn't say a word and he did say a lot, uh, it speaks for itself. I mean, you think about Quincy, he's gone 34 points against Delaware and then did what he did tonight against UC. But you also forget he played really well against Houston. And as I say that, the thing that I'm the most proud of with him is he's becoming a really good two-way player defensively. So it was great to see a lot of hard work behind the scenes in between games kind of like bleed into this next game. Sometimes you can work at it. That doesn't mean it's going to show up in the next game. But I thought those four guys led our team tonight, and we were not a leaderist group tonight. And as the coach, you can't always be that guy. You need help from not only your staff, but you need help from the older players. And those guys for us, even though they've only been here for nine or ten games, they are the older players. Quincy Oliveri stepped to the foul line with about a minute left, and I looked at my heart rate monitor on my watch. It was 170. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was 170, and he went nine for nine from the free throw line. He did. And I think it just speaks to, you know, you watch the game, you see the game, but when you're a part of the game and you can step up and be a leader like that, even at the free throw line where sometimes this season yeah. it hasn't been as consistent, those are the little things, right, that it takes that set you apart in a game like this. Well, that's what you recognize as a coach, that what you see every day when, when it doesn't show up in a game, you have to fix that problem. And I'll give you a great example. Sule Boom, he might be, him and two Holloway, as I recall, Xavier basketball. No offense to the older generation, because I know there's been quite a few great free throw shooters that have played here. But when you think of the impact of two Holloway at the end of games, and you think of the impact of Sule Boom in the one year he played here, making clutch free throws and shooting a percentage when it really matters the most. I mean, how many games did those two guys win with that special skill? Quincy, in my opinion, because I coached both two for one year. You know, Chris obviously <laughs> took, took him on from there and Sule for a year. They're two of the best free throw shooters that I've ever seen. Quincy is their equal. But up until recently, he hasn't settled in and shown that in games. And it was really perplexing for me, you know, to watch him make a couple, miss a couple. Because, I mean, we've been shooting a lot of free throws since we came here and got together this summer. And if I told you his percentages, you wouldn't believe me. But to watch him go nine for nine tonight, in my mind, that's more who he is than an outlier. So it's great to see him putting it all together. I think we're happy for him. His energy, his charisma, his leadership, it's going to be really important for us moving forward. We need to, to continue to see, see that side out of him. The Sean Miller Podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Deer Park Roofing. Protect what's important with Deer Park Roofing's industry-leading training, expert attention to detail, and responsive service. From commercial and residential replacements to roof repairs, gutters, and more, request a free estimate today at DeerParkRoofing.com. That's DeerParkRoofing.com.
The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Payroll Partners, where you're not just a number. That means providing a best-in-class HR and payroll experience that was built on award-winning technology and live support customer service with a dedicated payroll specialist who's just a phone call away. You shouldn't have to choose between technology and customer service. At Payroll Partners, you get both. Payroll Partners is locally owned and operated by a proud Xavier alum. For more information or to request a free demo, visit payrollpartners.net. That's payrollpartners.net. Welcome back to the Sean Miller Podcast, as always, presented by Deer Park Roofing. Adam, watching this game tonight and how it all went down, Xavier had the upper hand for a lot of it, but you know in a game like this, you don't always, you know, you don't always close it out until the very, very end. And I, I'd love to know, you know, just from your perspective and watching this and, and being able to see everything, you know, how this all transpired and, and from your eyes where you felt like things kind of turned around. Yeah, um, it's a popular topic. I've asked you about it a lot. Everyone seems to ask you about it a lot. And it's this, it's this word toughness. And in my mind, I think growing up and playing sports, like I always equated toughness with like an unwillingness to back down, like a, a physical connotation with mm -hmm. that word. But I think like the more I've been around basketball and the more I've been around you, to me, toughness is making the right decisions with the basketball. Mm -hmm. It's going to the line when the game is on the line and making free throws. It's being responsible for blocking out your man. Um, and I thought like tonight, was a tough performance from your team. I mean, sure. Dave, Davion didn't miss at the line. Quincy didn't miss at the line. Yeah. Like, is that how you evaluate a game like this? For sure. You know, one thing about basketball that's unique, and it, it's obviously the sport that I love, you think about it, I mean, there's a lot of sports that are amazing, but they're not two-way players, right? Football, play offense or defense. And, you know, you, you think about, like, the roles in, in different sports. Basketball with five players, all five are equally responsible for both sides of the ball. So cultivating two-way players, allowing a player to go from a made three to playing good defense, a turnover to not worrying or letting that linger and move on to the next play. You know, it's like next play, next play. I think it's so important. You define toughness during a game a lot of times by how well does your group, your team, go from one thing to the next because basketball is such a quick change game. It can go from 70 to 64 winning to 70 to 70 in what feels like 30 seconds. And most of the time when a quick change like that happens, you have a player or a team or a group that's still caught up in what just happened and hasn't moved on to getting back in transition or not fouling or the shot went up and instead of watching it, you didn't block out. Right? So, and you see, even at the end, we have to get better at communicating. Uh, at the end, I'm, I'm reaching out, I'm yelling out. It looks like I'm yelling at them. I'm really not yelling at them as much as trying to get their attention. But tonight was one of the first times all year with this team that we were in a really close game and had a lead, and we had to hold on to the lead to win it. Yep. I don't know if we've been in a game like that. Like when we beat St. Mary's, we had a large lead, so some of these things didn't come into play. How many timeouts do you have? Does a player know that if he doesn't have the ball, he can call a timeout? Can you run the baseline? Yes or no? That's a big deal. So, you know, going through this for the first time tonight, it can be maddening as a coach, right? <laughs> because we have a group of guys that have never, ever gone through that particular situation before. 
And, and that's why experience is so important. And that's one of the things that's challenging for our group right now. Every time we play a game, we get more experienced. And tonight, we really got more experienced together. And we had success, which gives you confidence. You know, leading into the Delaware game, we were gaining experience. You could make the case that we played as hard and maybe as well for a lot of the Houston game as we did tonight, but we didn't win. You start to lose that next game, you could feel the lack of confidence. And I thought more than any game we've played this year, the second half against Delaware, it wasn't our guys giving in as much as they lost their confidence. They did. They lost their belief. Uh, we got it back, and I thought tonight, especially how we finished the game, and, and look, we were a disaster in the first four minutes of the second half, but to see that same group repair it, Quincy do what he did to help us repair it and us finish the second half, uh, I think it's rewarding, and I believe that maybe that leads us into the next game in a positive way. It, to your point, before you ask your question, to your point about closing out a close game, you know, Xavier and Cincinnati played a lot of close games over the years, but when it's been close, it's always been Xavier. In the last 28 shootouts, Xavier's now 12-0 and in games decided by seven points or fewer, and in the other 16, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. Series is even. So yeah. when it comes down to it, it's always been Xavier that's found a way to, to close things out. I forgot to mention the toughest thing that your team did tonight. You had four turnovers in the first half. You mentioned the horrendous start to the second half. At the under-16 timeout, you had three turnovers already. You finished the game with eight turnovers. You played the final 16 minutes of that game tonight with one turnover. And at a very fast pace as well. Yeah. Right, so being able, but that's something we've done. We've done. We've shown we can play long stretches, but when you go back to our worst moments, usually what's what's a part of that journey there? Turnovers. So the more we play together, the more we learn from our turnovers. And the example that we now have to our team post this game is: Do you see how many points we can score? And do you see how the game feels different when we do a great job of taking care of the ball? But Look, you look at Davion, played, what, 39 minutes? Yeah, How many yeah. turnovers did he have? Davion McKnight had one turnover. If you play in the Crosstown shootout at the pace that we played and do what he did and have one turnover, that's being a leader. That's showing, showing toughness. And yeah. I think toughness, you know, a lot of times is defined in, in the culture that you build with a team and a program. And, and we're building, right? We're building a program right now is never give in. You know, never give in. No matter what it is, stay with it. Because when you have that, a lot of great things happen. It might not even happen in the game you never gave in on, but it'll lead into a good performance in the next game. How fun is it to win the shootout? It's certainly better than losing it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, thank you for your time today. You Appreciate it, and congratulations on, on winning this game thank tonight. Thank you, guys. And thank you to our crowd. Our crowd was just it was awesome. It was awesome. It's maybe the thing that I love the most about being at Xavier is just what it feels like to be in the Centos Center on this magical night. It was great. This has been a special edition of the Sean Miller podcast after the Crosstown shootout. Xavier wins again for the fifth straight time. Thanks as always to our sponsors at Deer Park Roofing. We'll see you next time on the Sean Miller podcast. This has been the Sean Miller podcast presented by Deer Park Roofing with your hosts, Paul Fritschner and Adam Bow. Join us again soon for another episode with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, 
Sean Miller.